Hello, I'm Sam Lichtenstein, Stratfor Director of Global Security Analysts at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by Worldview, RAIN's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Sign up at worldview.stratfor.com. Let's talk about Shanghai. Or rather, let's talk about China's zero-COVID policy and how it's affecting the city. This is the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from Rain, and I'm Emily Donahue. I'm sure you've read some coverage over the past few weeks about the ongoing lockdown in Shanghai, the most populous city in China, and it's causing a great deal of difficulty. Here with details is Chase Blazik, Asia-Pacific analyst with Rain. Always a pleasure, Chase. Likewise, Emily. So let's jump right in. There's been a lot of talk in the news about the Shanghai lockdowns,、uh, especially its impact on supply chains and even potential social unrest. If that could be something like that in China, what's the latest? Yeah,、uh, I understand your your hesitance about throwing the social unrest term around in China because it tends to be a pretty high bar for something like that happening. But it, there is indeed、uh, quite a bit of.、Uh, I should say disruptions going on on many fronts in Shanghai. So we had the announcement on March 27th of a nine-day, two-phase lockdown, which was to start the very next day on March 28th.、Uh, it did, but at the April 5th end date,、uh, they kept the lockdown going.、Uh, then a few days before April 20th, they,、uh, they being the authorities, mentioned that、uh, they were aiming to stop the spread of COVID-19 outside of quarantine, so outside of quarantine hotels and hospitals, etc. By the twentieth of April, that deadline came and went. They announced a similar deadline for the twenty-sixth, stopping spread outside of quarantine. That came and went. So Shanghai is still under lockdown, and, and the best estimates by the China Watchers I'm seeing is that this lockdown is going to last through mid-May, and the economic impacts of it are going to ripple throughout the the summer、uh, in in China. And the, the infections in Shanghai are indeed trending downward. Uh, but the spread outside of quarantine, which is that bar the authorities are using, that's persisting.、Um, obviously, we're seeing、uh, labor flows restricted here. Most people are restricted to their homes or their residential compounds, and very few are allowed out of their neighborhoods.、Um, early on in the lockdown, this prompted a lot of panic buying and food supply chain issues. And then later on, as those were starting to get resolved,、uh, authorities noted they would be quarantining and restricting the movement for delivery drivers, which are the ones delivering food to these folks who are cooped up in their homes. So there have been、uh, supply chain issues throughout、uh, on a domestic level, of course. And you've got you know rich Chinese and rich foreigners in Shanghai getting their food deliveries on time with a little extra money,、uh, and the poor folks and rural migrants, which usually make up about one third of the population in China's cities, are you know. Getting their rotten vegetables, or sometimes not getting food deliveries at all.、Um, so we are seeing outside of Shanghai supply chain disruptions.、Uh, of course, factories inside Shanghai, like like Tesla's、uh, Gigafactory Shanghai, have been shut for weeks. They've reopened some of them on a closed loop, keeping workers in the factories. But this is not a permanent solution, obviously, because they still depend on、uh, inputs, industrial inputs, and labor coming from from outside、uh, of their factories.、Uh, ports have been backlogged. We saw on April nineteenth, wait times at Shanghai's ports were up about seventy-five percent year over year, and on April eighteenth, road traffic、uh, was down sixty-five percent in Shanghai and the three neighboring provinces, and nationally it was down forty percent.、Um, so, aside from those obvious supply chain disruptions, this is a big deal because Shanghai is such an international hub for China. It's a financial hub, a manufacturing hub, 
And of course, uh, it is what I consider and most consider to be the most international city in China. Lots of foreigners and rich Chinese, and they are not accustomed to hardship. So when this city uh, is locked down, people are particularly mad about this. And we are seeing unprecedented levels of neighborhood protests. Nothing really citywide yet, but protests uh, sort of seeping through the cracks of the censorship regime on social media, which is what we're seeing, giving us an idea of what's going on in Shanghai. As you mentioned, it's a huge manufacturing center, the region around Shanghai. I've read that new COVID outbreaks in Beijing could lead to that pivotal city being locked down as well. Is that even possible? I mean, wouldn't that just create huge economic and potentially governmental impacts for China? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. Lots of folks are asking it. Um, as far as economic impacts, Beijing just frankly doesn't matter as much as Shanghai uh, because it is more more inland and just not as much of a manufacturing hub. Uh, but politically, you are a hundred percent correct. Um, shutting down the capital city uh, of China would be, um, from an image perspective, China would lose a lot of face on the international community. That you know, COVID has struck the heart of China. Um, so there's that aspect of it. Um, and then, of course, there is the, the, the internal image aspect of it in that because Beijing is the heart of government in China, and there are so many ministries there and officials, um, they already sort of have a free pass in society. They zoom around Beijing and they're blacked out cars and generally don't have to follow a lot of the rules everyone else does. They get special treatment. So if Beijing was locked down and people were cramped up in their tiny Beijing apartments while the officials were sort of traveling wherever they like, uh, this would only aggravate that sort of unrest but um, it's, it's still unclear if Beijing is going to lock down. Their symptomatic cases uh, daily are approaching 30 or 40, uh, which is about what Shanghai was approaching right before they locked down. But Beijing's asymptomatic cases uh, are not anywhere near Shanghai's. Shanghai was reporting 1,500 to 2,500 a day, and Beijing's reporting very few at all. Um, that said, Beijing overall is following the same trajectory sort of, of uh, policy decisions that Shanghai did before the lockdown. They first had small uh, building lockdowns and then some localized testing, then citywide testing, and now cases are rising because they are testing. Uh, so it's following a lot of the same trajectory, but it's still unclear because of that asymptomatic case number if they will lock down. But as in Shanghai and in so many other Chinese cities, if they lock down, it will be a snap announcement. One night, they announce it. The next morning, the lockdown starts. And as we've seen in Shanghai, it may not end for a month or, or two months. Authorities in Beijing are also likely to implement a stricter lockdown than Shanghai. Because uh, despite what international health analysts are saying, uh, what Beijing has taken from the lockdown in Shanghai is that they weren't strict enough. And so they need to double down, do a tighter lockdown. And hopefully, if there is a lockdown of Beijing, it will be over much, much sooner. And then, of course, there is Hong Kong. Um, I think I read COVID numbers there are dropping and restrictions are loosening somewhat. Of course, Hong Kong has been a or was a couple of years ago, a hotbed of unrest. Um, how's it projected to fare amid what's going on in the other two cities? Yeah, Hong Kong is a bit of a unique case because it tends to be governed a little bit differently than, than other cities in China. Hong Kong tends to get a little bit more slack. And you've seen that in, in their lockdown protocols. Uh, they locked down um, somewhat uh, with, with looser restrictions than other Chinese city lockdowns uh, last month. But as you mentioned, their cases are, are dropping and their social restrictions are loosening slowly. 
And they've even dropped the quarantine requirement for anyone coming into Hong Kong uh, to seven days. Uh, I believe it was down from 10 prior. Um, but you also had a legislative council member in Hong Kong who also sits on the, the Chinese uh, legislature stating, we really can't lower this quarantine anything beneath seven days. If we do, we might lose access to Shenzhen, which is the, the tech hub right across the land border into China. And that's a key economic and, and trade link between Hong Kong uh, and the mainland. So, so for better or for worse, even though Hong Kong will continue to fare better than the mainland, uh, as long as China continues its zero COVID policy, which is looking like they're going to continue it through late 2022, when Xi Jinping begins his third term as the leader of China, uh, Hong Kong is also going to have to stick with some manner of, of, of wide social restrictions uh, on that same timeline. Chase, I produced a podcast uh, on COVID-19 recently with our experts in-house, and they called China's zero COVID policy the absolute worst for controlling COVID. Yeah, um, they're not alone in, in saying that, but that's this is also a political issue for China. This is Xi Jinping has owned this and said, it's my policy. This is going to work for China. And in a year when he wants to start his third term, he can't very well say, oh, well, that policy I took so much ownership over was dead wrong. Uh, so, yeah, of course. Yeah. So they're sticking to it um, and just trying to make the best of what I believe they, they truly know is a subpar policy, but one that for, for political reasons they can't back out of right now. <laughs> Chase Blazik is an Asia-Pacific analyst with Rain. Thank you so much, Chase. Thank you, Emily. Now, more than ever, customers are turning to Rain Worldview for trusted geopolitical intelligence so they can stay ahead of global developments like what's going on in China. Try Worldview out. We have an incredible trial rate going on right now. Visit Stratfor.com for details. That's Stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue, thanking you, as always, for listening. 